0: Regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. This is a program where we talk a lot about the right to keep and bear arms. And today we're going to be talking about Republicans who don't want to talk a lot about the right to keep and bear arms. In fact, they want to talk about it at all, even though they are uh, running for office. Our friend Carl Higby got to be with us momentarily talking about a, a situation Uh, in Connecticut, but this is, this is something that we're actually seeing, I think, around the country, uh, where some Republicans are, this certainly isn't the case with every Republican candidate, but there are some folks out there, I think, on the right, who are taking the gun owner vote for granted. Uh, and they just assume that, well, I've got an R after my name, uh, you know, who who else are the, who else are the gun owners gonna vote for? They gotta go vote for that uh, gun-grabbing Democrat? No, not necessarily. They might choose not to vote at all. However, if you don't give them a reason to show up at the polls or to go knock on doors, you know, it's not even just a matter of voting. It's about doing that voter outreach. And again, we'll talk about that. But you know what? We we shouldn't even delay. Let's just get right to the conversation uh, with Mr. Carl Higby, a retired Navy SEAL, current Newsmax host, uh, talking about what's going on in a a special election there in the uh, nutmeg state of Connecticut. Take a look and a listen. Carl, thanks so much for joining me, sir. It's good talking with you today. Well, it's good to be back on the program, Cam. Y- you know, what, I got to say, I really thought this was a, a very interesting column at the uh, Greenwich Free Press. You guys have a special election going on, but I think this is applicable, frankly, to to gun owners and and Republicans uh, all across the country because you know you make the case that the GOP, particularly uh, there in Connecticut, is taking gun owners for granted. I mean, you've got this special election for the state legislature, and uh, the Republican candidate is not even he doesn't even mention the Second Amendment on his campaign website. And you say this is not only going against what uh, this candidate himself told you, but this is turning off uh, a lot of gun owners and making them apathetic about getting involved and, in, and being engaged. Because, you know, what, what, what's the point if, if they're going to go out there? Why should they go out there and support a candidate that's not going to be supportive of them?
1: Right. And this, you know, it, this is a, obviously a national issue. This is not local. I just wrote it in my local paper because I was actually going to run for the seat, Cam. And I did the calculations and I felt like this guy, Ryan Fosse, was a better candidate to win the general election because he had run the race before. He lost by like 200 votes. And so I was like, OK, this is a very close election. We had a sudden resignation from the entrenched Democrat. You take this reins. You have all the data. You have the network. You know how to do this. Go ahead. You're You're the better guy. And I was like, cool. How, my next question was how can i help and this is what a lot of republicans do this is what a lot of gun owners do we are gun owners are like some of the most active people in politics mm-hmm. i mean we we put the signs in our yard the stickers on our car we donate to the campaigns like i go to, I'm, like i'm a national tv news host i'm going door to door for local candidates knocking on doors because i want to help save my town and you know i'm on the town council in my in my hometown as well but one of the things that i talked him about i said look i can't support you unless you're pro-2-A. 100%, Carl, I was like, I need you to be public about it because I'm going to get the gun owners of the town, which keep in mind, in a town of 60,000 people, he there's about probably close to a quarter of the town is gun owners. I mean, that's a staggering statistic in Connecticut, but yeah. it's true. And so that means to 25% of the population, and this race was basically a 50-50 race, that makes 50% of the Republican electorate gun owners. And he won't come out. He refused to say publicly. He says, no, Carl, I'm, I am i can't. He's running against one of the lead chapters of Moms Demand Action. She's from California, funded nationally. I mean, I was like, dude, this is low-hanging fruit. No,
0: Absolutely. no,
1: no, no. So I said, look, dude, I, I, then I got to put out my, I got to say my piece. And it's egg on my face because I went out, I called hundreds of people in the district, gun owners, MAGA folks, and I said, you need to go vote for this guy, Ryan Fazio. All of them were like, the guy's got no gun. He's got no gun permit. He doesn't know anything about guns, and I can't find anything anywhere on the record of him ever being pro gun. I said, "Trust me, he is." And a lot of them came back and says, "No, I'm out. This guy is. This guy refuses to put out a statement." So I got egg on my face. I call and I, you know look, the guy's a nice enough guy. He's a good kid. Um, his same age, a little bit younger than me. But the the it, the greater issue is, he said to me, "The gun owners are going to turn out and vote for me anyway," mm. and. And the GOP nationally, I've sat in tons of campaigns where the GOP nationally believes the same thing. Oh, we're going to get the gun owners vote no matter what. No, not anymore, because we feel like we've been left in the dust.
0: Yeah, you're right. And it's not necessarily a matter of, okay, well, I'm going to go for the Democrat now. It's, well, I'm not going to go vote. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to vote for a libertarian. I'm going to cast a a third party protest vote. Um, You're right. I, I think that there is a sense. And part of it is because, you know, our our polarized electorate, uh, you know, the vast majority of Democrats support gun control. The vast majority of Republicans, you know, at least at least vote in favor of the Second Amendment. Uh, But you're right. It's not enough to just assume that those gun owners are going to vote for you because you've got an R after your name. You actually got to demonstrate, look, I'm going to work for you. I'm going to represent you uh, and your voice and your rights matter. I mean, particularly, as you say, in this particular case where. Uh, the Democrat who's running is a Moms Demand Action volunteer. I mean, look, I, that that <laughs> that makes gun control uh, an issue. And, you know, I realize it's Connecticut. You've probably got uh, some voters who are Republicans who aren't gun owners, who maybe aren't uh, big fans of the Second Amendment. I don't really care about that. You've still got to right. reach out and say, look, uh, whether you like it or not, this is a constitutionally protected right. And I'm going to make sure that people... Can actually exercise that right. I believe it's wrong to try to strip people of their rights to try and infringe on that right uh, with the false promise of public safety. Um, You know, there are ways I think to approach this issue that don't just appeal to to gun owners that can even resonate with non-gun owners when you're talking about the importance of the right to keep and bear arms. But if you're not willing to have that conversation, if you're not willing to have that discussion, then why on earth should you expect that gun owners are going to show up and and turn out for you at
1: the polls? And the the bigger issue to this is the culture of what Democrats have done to gun culture. Mm -hmm. Democrats have beaten Republicans down so badly to make even Republicans, like lightweight Republicans, believe that guns are associated with crime. Not bad guys, but the actual firearm itself. Now, I told this guy, I said, look, Ryan, you, like, like I said, nice enough guy, you know, but totally, he was totally misguided, younger kid. But by by a series of inside political party politics where it's like we can't touch the gun thing. I said, Ryan, you are just releasing a statement that you the statement that I wanted him to put out was I will never cast a vote to take lawfully owned firearms from law abiding citizens. Not exactly a marching in a, a, a parade with a machine gun. Right. And <laughs> so and I said, Look, you are you are supporting the second amendment that has been upheld by the Supreme Court in uh you know reinforcing article 1 section 15 of the Connecticut constitution in the constitution state you're not exactly making a, a a crazy statement here and you know after all this the op-ed comes out it goes viral um you know melted down the homepage of the uh the local paper and he cuz it was read nationally as well mm-hmm. and then he comes they 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 ask him about it and he goes oh of course i i'm strongly behind the second amendment i was like dude was it that hard? All you had to do was say that right out the gate. But now you got all this negative press five days before the election, and I'm I'm not sure if he can recover from it.
0: Yeah, and and again, um, that that seems to be a, a a problem of his own devising. I went to uh, Fazio's website; still no mention of the Second Amendment uh, anywhere that I can find. Uh, you know, and and I mean, you know, to get back to your point about uh, gun owners being taken for granted here. It's fascinating to me, Carl, that while you've got this Republican running for a state senate seat in California, one of the the leading Democrats who's vying to replace uh, Gavin Newsom in California as governor, I just wrote about this yesterday, he actually says that California's gun control laws are causing more harm than good. He says he wants to see California become a shall-issue state. Now if if there are democrats who are willing to buck their party and say all right you know what i'm 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 going to take a more pro second amendment view and i still have my issues with the, some of this guy's positions but it's definitely a a more pro second amendment view than you hear from a typical california democrat well, wh- why on earth are republicans in connecticut scared to say the same thing or to stand up for the second amendment is, is do you really think that there are some some party politics involved here that you got higher ups within the uh, GOP in Connecticut and, and, you know, again, probably a lot of other blue states too, say, look, uh, the, the the way to appeal to those moderate voters is to, uh, you know, talk about uh, or, or just not even talk about common sense going to save laws, but just to stay silent, just to keep right. mum uh, when it comes to the Second Amendment.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is they believe that. And the problem is, is our party, is, especially in Connecticut, I mean, it's run by a bunch of rich old white dudes. OK, and. It, 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 I, it, it sounds bad to say that, but it is. I mean, the Democratic Party is run by the same thing in Greenwich because it's Greenwich, Connecticut. <laughs> but, you know, they're not much, you know, they're not, at least the Republicans are better than them. But however, the issue is is most of the party leadership, they're not gun owners. So they don't understand. Yeah. And they're not, you know, they, they don't go to the range. It's not in their culture because they've grown up in you York, working in Manhattan or whatever it may be. So guns have never been a part of their culture and that's okay. But don't lecture someone like me who used a gun for overseas for the better part of a decade, defending freedom. That it's not an important issue because I've seen what happens when people take that away. The bigger issue is the calculation. The sheer math of this doesn't make sense. If you have 50% of the Republican electorate as gun owners, you know you should you should definitely pay attention. I mean, you should you should pay attention to that day in and day out. You should keep them happy because they, you know, like I said earlier, they're the, they're the base. That you need to, that you need to have turnout, special in a special election. However, in Connecticut, we are one of the fastest growing permit issuing states right now in America. Two to one for women. That should tell you that, you know, the, the target audience where they say the moderate voter, yep. they talk about the soccer mom. That's what they always use as the example. Guess what? Soccer moms, two to one, are becoming armed in the state of Connecticut, across the board, Democrat or Republican.
0: Yeah, and again, I mean, you know, Republicans, I think I think both parties ignore that uh, at their own peril. But, you know, there are also, I think, some Connecticut-specific issues that uh, we just saw the Connecticut Citizens Defense League uh, file an emergency motion trying to block uh, or trying to restore, rather, the ability to purchase a firearm because the Connecticut State Police did this supposed upgrade to their uh, fingerprinting system that ended up shutting down uh, gun sales for uh, at least two weeks. I don't even know if they've got it uh, entirely resolved yet. What else is no. Governor Lamont? Uh do the same thing last year, uh you know shutting down fingerprinting services, which meant that people could not get their permits uh and you need that permit in Connecticut to buy a gun right It's not just that you you can buy one and carry one as long as you have that permit, but you got to have that permit in
1: order to do either one of those things. Kim, you need a permit to buy ammunition in Connecticut ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, again, there are some specific issues here, I think, uh, you know, that are impacting those uh, Connecticut residents who would like to become gun owners for the first time uh, and can't because of the barriers that the state has put in place. Again, I mean, that's a small gun. That's not just a pro-gun argument. That's a small government argument. That is a good government argument. That is a transparent government argument. There are ways to talk about these things that I think would resonate with people who who really aren't even gun owners. But if you're not, again, if you're too afraid to have that conversation, you can't be surprised if gun owners are unmotivated
1: to turn out right. at the polls. Yeah, and in an election, like I said, especially this is a special election, so turnout's a bad. You know, the turnout's bad historically. However, in an election where he lost only by about 200 votes last mm-hmm. go around, you have two thousand, three thousand. 4,000, like, really hardcore gun owners in Greenwich, Connecticut. I know that seems, like, that's shockingly high to some people, but it it really is. Every single person on my 44-person street in Greenwich, Connecticut, backcountry Greenwich, Connecticut, owns a gun with the exception of one family. Every single one. That statistic right there should tell you, like, hey, maybe don't come out like being some gun nut, but just say, hey, look, I'm never going to take your guns. That's all we want.
0: Uh, absolutely, uh, I'm even in favor of being a uh, you know a little bit of a gun nut. Even in Greenwich, Connecticut, push those boundaries. Oh, but- i totally gun. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm curious uh, as one gun nut to another. Um, you write in your piece at the uh, Greenwich Free Press that you don't plan on voting uh, for Fazio. You're 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 not going to uh, take part in this election. You're going to send a message here. Uh, is there anything that he could say between now and election day next Tuesday that would uh, convince you? all right, fine, I'm, I'll go ahead and cast my vote for you despite uh, your reluctance to talk about the Second Amendment, or is that decision locked in stone?
1: No, if he marched in and got his in, uh, started the process to get his carry permit, yeah. I would vote for him, and I would get back on the phone with all 400-plus people that I called and said, look, this guy is trying to make it right. Go go get it. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, is I'm just, my concern, Cam, and this is not just, this is not local, this is national. Mm-hmm. These guys, you know, they have no commitment to the Second Amendment, and they they go to wherever they go, Hartford, they go to D.C., they go to the Capitol, Sacramento and California, wherever they go. And, you know, if they're unwilling to even talk about an issue on the campaign trail because it might be sensitive and affect their re-election, guess what the Democrats are going to do? They're going to put a gun bill up to vote two, two, three months before the next election and call it something dumb like gun safety. And then he's going to have to vote for it because he's going to be, oh, well, I can't be seen voting against gun safety, whichever, you know, and and they could say like guns are banned altogether and that's their gun safety. But that's how the Democrats do it. And Republicans just don't stand up to it because we've sent guys there like the previous guy who held the seat who was a Republican. Mm -hmm. We sent him there. He voted for the 1160 bill, the Sandy Hook, the post Sandy Hook bill, which basically. Yeah, I mean, like, so we've seen this in, in Republican politics in Connecticut. For years, they say, oh, I'm a constitutionalist. That's their out. And then they get there and they vote against the Second Amendment every single time.
0: Well, listen, I got to say, I don't know what the results of this special election are going to be, but I am glad that you're speaking up about this issue because you're right. It is not just uh, happening locally there in the state Senate district. This is, I think, a phenomenon that um, we are seeing around the country. And as we head into the midterms, you know, again, I mean, voter turnout is going to be absolutely critical uh, if we want to. Uh, in the threat of a gun ban in Congress uh, and and confine that threat to the executive branch. And that means we've got to have candidates who are vocal about supporting our right to keep and bear arms and not just, uh, you know, insinuating that they'll vote the right way as long as we uh, elect them to office.
1: But they can be just as vocal as saying, hey, if you don't want to own a gun, that's cool, too.
0: Absolutely. 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 I, you know, but again, I want them to talk about these issues. I, I would have no problem whatsoever with the candidate saying, listen, if you don't want to own a gun, I'm not going to make you own a gun. Okay, that's fine. We have our freedom to make that choice. But I do want a candidate who can talk about these things in a way, A, that shows that they're comfortable talking about it, right? And not just parroting talking points that their campaign staff has come up with. Uh, and that means that if you're not a gun owner yourself and you're a candidate, you do need to talk with gun owners. You need to spend some time understanding their concerns, understanding the big issues, uh, because I will say it's one thing to not – to just remain silent on these issues. It's another thing to come off as false or phony when you're talking about these issues. So that's another problem entirely.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Just be genuine about it. And if he comes – like, look, the guy doesn't have a permit. If he says, look, guys, I don't know anything about guns, but I'm certainly not going to vote to take them from you. Again, well, I'm in. Right. I'm, yeah. in. I'm knocking on doors for you. That 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 is That would be
0: an honest statement. And as a gun owner, I could – I can appreciate that, uh, and that gives me something to work with. But like you said, running away from the issue, yeah, don't be surprised if voters end up running away from you. Carl, as always, sir, fantastic talking with you. Uh, do, do you know enough about Saturday's show to give us a preview about what we can expect to see on Newsmax? Uh,
1: well, we're going to be discussing some of the stuff, but one of the craziest things that I've seen is this whole Russian peepee hopes that the Democrats perpetuated against Donald Trump for so long. It may actually be true, only it wasn't Donald Trump, it was Hunter Biden. <laughs> you can't make this stuff
0: up, Jim. You no, know, you really can't. Not when it comes to Hunter Biden. Uh, and you can't ignore the, uh, the 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 disinterest on the part of uh, most media outlets, uh, which would not be the case if his name was Hunter Trump. Uh, Carl, listen, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, checking out the show on Saturday. Uh, what, what time are you on on Newsmax on Saturdays? 9
1: to 11 a.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time. Also tonight, uh, not tonight, but uh, Friday night, I'll be hosting for Greg Kelly at 7 p.m. on Newsmax. We're going to talk more about this gun issue on there. i guess got some great guests for it. Excellent.
0: All right. Looking forward to that. Carl Higby, thank you so much, sir. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. I right. appreciate Carl joining us on the program. Uh, let's get to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our uh, recidivist report. And not, This is not really a pure recidivism report because this is actually a first offense, but you know, we've seen in the uh, the wake of the murder of Ella French, a Chicago police officer, there's been a lot of talk about straw purchases because apparently the uh, gun that was used by these uh, two brothers who were not allowed to possess firearms, um, they got that gun through a straw buy. Basically, one of their buddies who lives in Indiana went and uh, purchased a firearm at retail, lied on the 4473 form that he had to fill out, saying that he was the actual buyer. The gun was intended for him. That wasn't the case. It was intended for uh, one of these brothers. Uh, And uh, the Chicago Superintendent of Police, David Brown, uh, incensed that a federal judge has let this accused straw buyer uh, be released on bond, $4,500 bond, which is pretty low. And I, I do understand the outrage here. But we actually talk about this uh, at BarronArms.com. I just wanted to highlight this as well. While the potential federal prison sentence for engaging in a straw buy is ten years, and the National uh, Fire, excuse me, the National Shooting Sports Foundation has a program in place called "Don't Lie for the Other Guy," where gun store owners want to remind would-be customers not to take part in a straw buy if somebody is trying to put them up to the hey, buy me a gun, and I'll. You know, give you the money later. I can't buy one because I'm prohibited. Um, They are warning customers, don't do this. There are bad consequences. I think undercutting that message, though, is how the federal government, including the Biden administration, actually treats these straw purchases. Here's a headline from uh, the state of Oklahoma. This was yesterday. Former Tulsa police officer sentenced for lying to gun dealer. So here you have a former law enforcement officer. And at the time, she was active duty. She was on the Tulsa Police Department's force. And she uh, bought a firearm for her boyfriend. Falsely stated that it was for her instead of for her boyfriend. And now Latoya Lisa Dyth is
1: looking at five years. Not five years in prison. Five years probation. That's what she received. Not a
0: day in federal custody, but uh, five years of probation for conspiring to make a false statement to a firearms dealer when buying a pistol. She also has to pay a fine of $1,000. Yeah. Dives pleaded guilty in April to one count each of conspiracy to make a false statement to a firearms dealer and to making a false statement to a firearms dealer. She faced up to five years in prison for both charges. But again, where are the consequences? Uh, she lost her job. That, that, I mean, that is a consequence. Uh, the uh, prosecutor said in a statement, quote, Latoya Dye's choice to illegally purchase a farm on behalf of another not only ended her career as a Tulsa police officer, but also placed Tulsans at risk. Um, her attorney, by the way, Shannon McMurray, says her client is, quote, extremely remorseful, plans to work on raising her two children and continuing her education, saying, I quote, when confronted by law enforcement, she immediately admitted to her conduct and accepted responsibility. I have no doubt that Ms. Dyth will continue to work hard and live a productive life. Well, I hope that that's the case. I really do. But, you know, when you hear gun control advocates talk about, well, we need all these uh, new gun laws on the books, we need that law over there and that law over there, we need to look at what's happening with the enforcement of the existing laws here. And I would argue that when it comes to enforcing the penalties against straw purchases, Sentences like Ms. Dice are actually far more common than somebody getting the maximum sentence of 10 years behind bars. Uh, given the fact that the uh, gun that was purchased uh, in, in this draw by in Indiana ended up being used in the commission of a violent crime that led to the death of a Chicago police officer, I, I highly doubt that that sentence is going to end up uh, with you know solely probation. But frankly, again, if this is a serious crime, then we need to treat it as a serious crime, even when it doesn't result in the death of a law enforcement officer. If, on the other hand, it's not a serious crime, and quite often the federal government does not treat it as if it is a serious crime, then maybe we need to have that conversation about what an appropriate sentence or or or, or should this be? A, a felony level offense at all, if it's not being treated as a felony in many cases. Uh, again, I, I I don't have an easy answer, but considering the uh, talk that we are uh, seeing about straw purchases, I, I haven't seen much talk about what actually happens when it comes time to sentencing uh, for these crimes. All right, on to today's armed citizen story from San Antonio, Texas. This is a bizarre one. So uh, the headline doesn't really tell the full story here. Yes, a woman did open fire and killed a man and injured two others after smashing into a parked car. And police still don't know why this actually happened. Uh, it took place uh, about 10 p.m. Wednesday night. Uh, this driver was traveling at a high rate of speed, crashed into a parked car, then gets out of her vehicle and starts shooting. The owner of the parked car, who's a guy in his 50s and two others, came out uh, uh, to see what had happened. It looks like they came out of a nearby home, and that's when the driver got out of the car and opened fire, hitting all three people. Uh, according to authorities in San Antonio, another neighbor then heard the gunshots, came out armed with a handgun of his own, and ended up shooting the driver of that vehicle, the the, the gunwoman, I guess, the the shooter there. Uh, Corey Schuler, is an officer with the San Antonio Police Department, said there was a significant crash, uh, enough for people to come to the aid and check on the driver's well-being. The driver whose car was hit died at the hospital. Two others, a teenage boy and a female in her 50, still in critical condition there. Police don't have a motive uh, for this attack. But, you know, again, who knows how many other people could have been injured uh, were it not for the quick response of that armed citizen there in San Antonio, Texas, to stop the threat. We will uh, try to keep you updated. On any new uh, details or developments in that story. Uh, finally, today, our good deed of the day from Glen Falls, New York, where a police officer honored for being in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a baby who had just stopped breathing. That was uh, back on July the 12th, and uh, Officer Hunter Barton is uh, now again uh, being recognized for his uh, life saving actions. This is. Uh, This is a big deal. Uh, Barton said, Mom was running out into the lawn. She had the infant in her arms who was dangling and unresponsive. He said, so immediately I ran up to her. I grabbed the infant. I took the little girl from her. I positioned her for back blows and I performed back blows. Because, you know, infant CPR uh, is uh, somewhat difficult uh, and it is not quite the same as performing CPR in an adult. Same with the Heimlich maneuver. Uh, But those back pats were enough to uh, uh, clear the obstruction uh, in the airway of three-week-old Lacey Mickle. She was apparently choking on formula. Officer Barton had been on the job for just over a year and a half at that point, uh, and uh, he said that he had also had some real-life practice with someone in his family, uh, but again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Officer Hunter Barton in Glen Falls, New York, we thank you for your very good deed. And that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you, as always, for being a part of the program. Uh, while we will not be back with another show until Monday, uh, you can still find the latest Second Amendment news and information at buriedarms.com. Uh, throughout the weekend, we'll be keeping you updated on any new developments in the nomination of David Chipman. Uh, just a reminder, we've got a, less than a week now uh, in the public comment period for the uh, redefining of unfinished frames, receivers, readily converted, uh, all of these uh, uh, phrases that the ATF wants to redefine. Uh, We'll give you an opportunity at barriandarms.com. We'll send you the link, or we'll have a uh, story up with the link on how you can publicly comment on those uh, proposed rules uh, throughout the weekend. And I would encourage, if you haven't already done so, make your voices heard. And we will see you next Monday. Until then, be well. Be safe and be free.